and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. I'm here today with Pam Reipold. She's Executive Vice President of Travel Cuz. She also serves as President of Student Transportation Association of Massachusetts, or STAM for short. So, hey, Pam, welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. Hey, Kurt. It's great to talk with you. Now, uh, listen, you and I met last month in Fort Myers, Florida, when you had the STAM conference. I thought you had, you know, a really interesting story about your, you know, personal background. And then, of course, you know, uh, travel cuz. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, your journey into student transportation, as well as a little bit about the company? Great. Well, um, I was kind of born into this business. You know, and I always get a little leery of people who own school bus companies or bus companies in general that they weren't inherently born into because I always, why, why would you want to be in this business? It's so hard. But so when I graduated from college, I, I took a job with the JCPenney company. And after, you know, a year or so with, with that, I decided, ah, this really isn't for me. And I quit that great job. And opened up a dancing school in southern Vermont, much to my parents' dismay. Uh, They weren't really into the whole starving artist kind of thing. And I did that for a few years, good 10 years. And then I was kind of guilted to come back into the family business. At that time, we were still pretty small. We were located at the next town over and had kind of, we were like, we were in a, a converted chicken coop in a small neighborhood. And that's where we had kind of been operating for a few, for quite a few years. We built a new facility about 23 years ago in the town of Gill, and we've just kind of been moving along ever since. So I started off as a kid, really, you know, in the wash bay, cleaning buses and things like that. That's what we all do when you grow up in this business. And I didn't realize how much I really knew about it, and you know, because you kind of absorb things through the dinner over the dinner table, right? Just conversations and and growing up around it and hearing my folks talk about it. So I think I really had it in my blood a lot more than I realized I did. You know, we used to always have that joke that we bleed yellow and, and it's really true. I have memories of, you know, when I was a little kid being in the bus yard that first day in the fall when school is starting and all the buses are running and my grandfather was standing there and he would be like, ah, smell that pumpkin. You know what that is? That's money. You know, just, he just loved it. It was, and I'll never forget that. And years later, here we are. And I think I have that same love for this industry and, and what we do. And I realized the important, the importance we have in, in the job that we do. Yeah, for sure. Now you're a fourth generation business travel cause, and you know, the, the period, you know, that you talk about from, you know, from your grandfather, you know, to you, obviously so many changes. I tell people that the, while the bus largely looks the same as it did, you know, for many years, there's just so many changes within student transportation. So what are your, some, some of your observations about, you know, all that evolution that's gone on? Gosh, well, you know, we've been doing this about 97 years, Kurt. So our very first school contracts were horse and wagon. And we solidified those contracts with just a handshake. 
And I often joke with our superintendents now, I'm like, you guys don't know how lucky you got it, man. Because back in the day, the superintendent used to have to visit, visit the, the farm at the end of winter just to make sure that the horses looked fat enough to pull the wagons through the spring mud. <laughs> so things are a little different now, right? We, we the, yeah, the buses, they do look the same, but they, they aren't the same. They're, they're Sherman tanks, and I don't think folks realize just how how safe buses are, how they're just built differently than, than the average vehicle. And also all the technology that's inside them. I mean, years ago, we didn't even have radios, like two-way radios in the buses. And I, I wonder now, like, how the heck did we ever get through the day without any communication? That driver was just on their own. And we didn't have video or any of those things in buses that we do today. And the technology just, it, it makes them so much safer. It gives the driver so much more support and just tools to use. You know, we, we use our technology on our buses constantly. Those video cameras, they're, they're just great tools. We're, we have a full-time person. All she does is watch video. And it's great. You can catch all the good stuff. You know, we, we watch everybody several times, you know, at least three times a year we're doing a digital surveillance on our fullest drivers. And it's, A, we want to catch any bad habit before it gets out of control. But there are so many great things that they're doing, too. And it's super fun to just go, hey, we watched your video and you're doing this really cool thing with your kids and let's share it with everybody. And maybe other people want to kind of adapt your style or your mannerism or whatever it is. So you can really see them in action and catch all the good that they're doing. And it really just kind of warms your heart when you're watching them out there, interacting with their students and doing what they need to do. Yeah, no, you're so right. Uh, reinforce those good habits. And, and like you say, there's there's certainly more good than, than bad that goes on in the industry. So that's great that you, you do that. You know, one interesting thing that, you know, that we're, we're talking about here, we're talking about technology a lot, but at the end of the day, this is really a people business, right? We're moving children, we're doing this important job, right? We're doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we have these great, you know, bus drivers and we have support staff, but the biggest issue facing in the industry, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, is the shortage of bus drivers. So how, oh. is, how are you and Travel Cuz, you know, kind of addressing that and, Supporting what drivers you have, and then trying to attract new people into the into the uh, student transportation world. That's a really loaded question. I mean, keeping the people that you have behind the wheels of your own buses is that in itself is a full time job. Uh, we've always tried to work hard to our, our culture. Like that's the most important thing we've got going for us. It doesn't matter if our buses are shiny new or any of that stuff. The, the most important thing we've got is our culture. We want people to love coming to work. We want them to feel proud of the job that they do, proud of the company that they work for, understand the important role that they have in, in, their, in the school day of a child and within our organization. So we've kind of a, adapted this. We treat our our drivers like our internal customers, right? And we're really always looking for the next great thing to make them happy, make them feel supported because it's real. It's not just about the buck. They're, they don't do this job for the money. They do this job because for lack of a better phrase, I think it's a calling. You know, you don't, they all ended up in this role for different reasons, whether it fit their schedule because they were home with their kids or they needed a job and we were hiring, or their neighbor worked here and it seemed like a cool thing, or there are many different reasons 
why they end up where they are with, with being being school bus drivers, but not everybody ends up here and only the special ones stay and make it work. So you have to recognize that. And um, we we do a lot of internal things with our people monthly. We do take them on monthly trips. We're also a motor coach company. So we want them to know, A, what it's like to be a passenger on our coaches. So we'll, whether we're going to New York City or, you know, or to the Bronx or to the coast in Maine or whatever it is on a Saturday or a Sunday, once a month, they can bring their kids, their spouses, their grandmother, whatever it is they want to do. And we, we go out on trips. Sometimes we have three busloads of people. Sometimes it's one or a small group, but nonetheless, we have those offerings. Um, we do a lot of training with our people, which was kind of tough during the pandemic, right? Um, so we, we developed a, a virtual training program, which is not my favorite because I like to get out there and, and really work with them and feel the energy in the room and that kind of thing. But we also work with our school department very closely to teach them ways to support the drivers because they don't, we, the last thing I want is a principal to come on and undermine um, what a driver's already got going on because they do have their own dynamics within their bus and things going on so we want them to work together and we want the, the school administration to support our drivers and help them with what they do because i don't need a, a busload of kids to behave for the principal i need the busload of kids to do what they need to do for the driver so we do a lot of community involvement and we'll go into neighborhoods and things like that and do some school bus safety promos we are at all of the um back to school, you know, the start of the school year, they have the open houses and things like that. I like to have the drivers for those schools at those events so that students and parents and, and teachers and administration can meet the drivers and the team and really start to develop relationships. And we also get as active as we possibly can in our own communities so that um, folks know that our company is involved in civic events and things like that. Right. And we do a lot of charity for like big brothers, big sisters. I'm a Rotarian. We just, we're, we're very active with our local YMCA. Anything that we can do to get our people out there and just meeting the community and, and getting involved just strengthens our ties. And it helps our people know that they're a part of a, a bigger thing. And that kind of, you know, endears them to us as well. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned about, you know, being part of the community. And I just remember, you know, us being down at, you know, your conference and we did self-introductions and we got to a point and I, I can't re remember the young lady's name, but she's like, and I'm just a bus driver here. And everybody's like, no, no you're not just a bus yeah. driver. And it was a really organic response because it was like none of us, you know, pl plan that response. But I think one of the byproducts, perhaps, of the pandemic is this greater focus on the importance of the bus driver and what role mm -hmm. he or she plays each and every day. So yeah. and I'm, sure, I'm sure you've seen that play out, unfortunately, in pandemic. But like I said, the good side of it is that there's this renewed focus on, on those folks. You know, I think that the best thing we did in Massachusetts at the start of all of this was when our governor enacted the, when when he got the National oh Guard. Oh my gosh. Yes, thank you. <laughs> when, when he got the National Guard involved, because right there, that brought national 
spotlight to a problem we've been having pre-pandemic, right? There have not been enough bus drivers out here long before the pandemic. And, you know, we've been trying to explain that to our school administration and that kind of stuff. But once, once in Massachusetts, once we did that, it really made everybody go, huh, this really is a problem. So that, that really did a lot as far as making everybody aware of this situation that's going on. So that was, that was super helpful. I mean, it, it, they drove vans, they didn't drive yellow buses. It didn't really, you know, it, it did a lot as far as just bringing, bringing some awareness to this issue. But there's, there's, I think that that's something that as bus contractors, um, as company owners, we need to really work hard on is a making people understand what a great job this is and how there's a lot of flexibility in job satisfaction and all those things. If you only want to work mornings, we can make that happen, right? Because we've learned we've got to be more flexible than ever to get people behind the wheel. If you want to, you know, drive your son's hockey team, sure, we can make that happen. If you only want to work the school calendar and nothing more, yep, perfect. We can make that happen. There are many different ways we can be flexible with folks' schedules so that they can enjoy this part-time job. But I think we need to do a really good job of painting that picture. You know, yeah. school bus yeah. drivers get such a bad rap, right? The kids are terrible. It's hard to drive the bus. You know, you think of the old, like, the, what was that cartoon crankshaft of back in the <laughs> day with that, you know, cranky old bus driver? That's not right. what they're like anymore. We have some amazing people that are driving school bus now, whether it's in retirement or they just wanted a career change or whatever it is. So, we, you know, we often do, like, spotlights on our people. We did it for a whole month, I think, was it in November? And we just, every day, we highlighted a new, a new, another driver. And what do they do in their off time? And what is their, you know, history like? And, you know, he's a retired personal chef or, you know, retired police chief. We have a lot of really great people. And I think the more we can do as schoolist companies to promote that, I think it's going to help us attract more people to this profession. Yeah. Yeah, the the one I hear Pam all you know all the time when people outside the industry understand what I do for a living is Otto from The Simpsons is the point of reference uh, yeah. for the bus driver, you know. But yeah, we know it's a different story, so we have to get out. To your point, we have to get out and tell our story, you know. Which and we have to beat that drum all the time, right? Yeah. We always we have to always be good stewards of our own work. And believe in what we do. I mean, I am, I remind myself all the time when I was, when I first started working for my folks, I was probably late 20s. And one of our school districts called me up and said, Hey, Pam, you want to, uh, you want to participate in our job fair? And I went, Oh, God, no. Who's going to want to talk to me? Who wants to be a bus driver? And then like a little while later, it like, it, I hit myself in the head and went, yeah. Well, no kidding. No wonder why you're having a hard time recruiting people, sweetheart. If you don't believe in this, who else is going to? And it right. was there I began my journey to really do everything I could to draw attention to this profession and try to help folks realize what a great job it is. You know, it, it really gives you so much flexibility. You know, if you want to be a stay-at-home parent, this is the perfect way to do it and bring home the bacon. Right, for sure. Now, you talked about the National Guard and, you know, what, what happened in Massachusetts. And it was interesting because 
you know, at that time, we're back to school. NSTA had done a joint survey. We had done a lot of outreach to kind of, you know, impress upon the media that there was a confluence of events that caused the, the shortage. It just wasn't one thing. And here are the steps we're taking as an industry to, to rectify this problem, right? So then the National Guard thing gets, that's, you know, thrust into this discussion. And the media people are calling me and they're like, they're calling out the National Guard in Massachusetts. So anyway, long story short, the first thing that I do is I call up Tom Hamilton, your, you know, your executive director, and I get mm-hmm. the backstory. Like, how's it received in there? Well, what are you guys doing? Like, to your point, they're only driving, you know, what you guys call, I guess, 4D vans, right? And 7, 7D vehicles. 7D, yeah. I'm sorry, 7D vans. That's okay. And, you know, and, and get, you know, the backstory and, and relate that to the press. Like, hey, this is a good thing. You know, we want to get children to school and you know, but just the visceral reaction that the media had initially, just always, you know, kind of looking for, you know, something that is not positive that's going on, you know, but I thought, you know, being able to network, you know, with you guys and Tom and and give a full kind of holistic, you know, viewpoint, you know, was really helpful. So I think that also speaks to the coordination that, that organizations like NSTA and STAM, you know, can have. So, and that's going to actually segue me to my next question for you, because you're now president of STAM. That's fairly new for you. It is, yeah. yeah. So why don't you just talk about, you know, how you ascended to the presidency and then your initial reflections, you know, as you, you know, become serving in that capacity. You know, I've been president-elect for what seems like my whole life. Like, I would say at least 10 years. And I kept going, no, I don't want it. I know I don't want it because my mother used to be president. And when she is the president, she was just awesome. She was so great. And she got stuff done, man. She really did. So those are just such big shoes to fill. And I was, I was scared. You know, like, can I do this? I don't want to just, you know, be just another person who doesn't get anything done, who can't handle the job. So I really kind of put it off and put it off. And then I finally went, you know what? Now's the time. Our our industry needs really good people in place, people who are passionate about what they do. Our state organization does. I've got an amazing staff in my operation that, they handle all of our day-to-day stuff. I am so fortunate that we have just really amazing key people in place. So it was just the perfect time for me to bite the bullet and get to work and really try. You know, it's great to have a new challenge, something else to just kind of have to learn and work hard at and figure out. And it's been great. We have a great staff at, at the SAM office too, people who are really really interested and involved and, and are working hard to make the magic happen. And this is, it's a really exciting time because this pandemic has brought back the need for change. And there's really hasn't been such a perfect opportunity to affect change because we really need things to, to move along in a new direction now. So it's, it's just a great opportunity for all these really passionate and talented people to get together and make some, make some differences. It's the perfect opportunity for that. Yep, yep. And that's why I definitely noticed at uh, your winter conference, a lot of passionate people ready ready to make change. That was very evident. So, uh, hey, Pam, you, this is You has can't been such do a... this job if you don't love it, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and that goes to your earlier point. But yeah, this has been such great conversation. And if folks want to learn more about Travel Cuz or, you know, Student Transportation Association of Massachusetts, where can they find that information? Well, very simply, travelcuz.com. It's got a whole bunch of history and information and everything you ever wanted or needed to know about Travel Cuz. Sam, our website is schoolbus.org. And right there, there are so many things on that website that'll help you. We've got a lot of training and education that that's out there. We have instructor licensing classes. We have workshops in the summer. Our summer conference is a great place for instructors and um, transportation directors and all that kind of kind of stuff to go and get the latest and greatest information on what's going on in the industry nationally and also um, within Massachusetts. So it's a great resource for anybody involved in student transportation. Well, that's great. Once again, our guest at NSDA, the bus stop, Pam Reipold, Executive Vice President, Travel Cuz. She's also president of Student Transportation Association of Massachusetts. Hey, Pam, we'll have to bring you back, get an update later in the year, but it's been such a great conversation. And thanks so much for taking a few moments to join me at uh, NSDA, the bus stop. It was great to chat with you. Take it easy, Kurt.